Is Easter a pagan holiday? Or is it just a celebration of Passover? What did Jesus celebrate, Easter or Passover? Let's talk about that as we watch our culture stray further every day. Hi, for Further Every Day, Jonathan Fiala here sitting in the producer seat, and uh, we're waiting for Josh, who will be sitting in the chair of theology, but yes, yes, he's yes. late. Yes. He's on Josh time. Yeah. Josh. Anyway, uh, in, in the chair of <laughs> philosophy, knows. we got Clint. How's it hey going? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Glad to have you there in the chair of philosophy. Glad to be here. Dealing with the reason, uh, not with the reason why we believe what we believe, but how we think about that and how we do that. Absolutely. And in chair number three, uh, we've got a new uh, guest, and uh, he's fully dressed out. <laughs> How's it going, Justin? Oh, it's going fantastic. I couldn't be any better. It's just, it's just hopping in here. Like, should I call you Astra, Easter Bunny, Beaster Honey? I don't know. I mean, you Beaster can call me whatever honey. you want as long as it's not late for dinner. Yeah, I I think that's fair. <laughs> He's in the chair of culture. <laughs> and, and to his left is Steve. How's it hey, going? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic. Since it's kind of heading off the rails, I got the appropriate hat, dude. I like to say I'm the only one that's level-headed here. Yep. I think so. But that's I only on so. air, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all chicken, and it's going to be politically incorrect. As that's usual. Oh, As usual. No. I'm sure. So let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. First off, there are two different primary explanations for how we got the Easter bunny and the Easter egg. And today, we, we want to break this down. But first, I think we should really start with... A modicum of grace. And Clint, I want you to get Colossians 2.8 in a moment, because it's very important that we remember when we're talking about how we celebrate Easter, we are talking to fellow believers. That's something that we really miss a lot of the time when we're having these discussions. I think people really get ugly and it's not necessary. What does Colossians 2.8 say, Clint? Before lest any man soil you through philosophy and vain descent, after the tradition of man, after the rudiments, rudiments, thank you, of the world, and not after Christ. Modern English, uh, you got to make sure that we're focused on the spirit, on, on what God has for us as the body of Christ, and not necessarily the philosophy of it and especially not false philosophy absolutely so that's that's really important uh mr steve yes you have uh colossians 2 16 through 17 sir correct let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come but the body is of Christ, Colossians two sixteen and 17. So let's remember that there is an absolute truth, and God has ordained some things. There are some things that Christians ought not to do. There are some things that Christians ought to do. But there's also an element of grace here that must be seen. Like We have to be loving. And I, I think a lot of people lose that. So, uh, do you have Romans fourteen ten? Can you get that from me? I sh- sure do. Thank you, sir. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him the esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. So, just a thought. First, moving forward. So, let's start off, though. Let's start off getting into the Alexander Hislop narrative of how Easter came to be. And this is the common one. This is the one that a lot of atheists have latched on to. And you see a lot of people saying, well, and they're very smug, you know that uh, Easter is actually a pagan holiday. And frankly, you Christians are too stupid because you don't, you don't realize that you're actually celebrating pagan holiday. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's look at that and let's read it through. So... Genesis it starts off with the story of Nimrod. So I want to go ahead and get you, Clint. Genesis uh, 10, 8 through 10. If you can go ahead and read that bit of scripture for us, sir. Got it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Crush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was as mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, 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 and Enrek and Akkad. I'm not gonna lie. If you read this and you get all these names right, bless your soul. Akkad and Kalin in the land of Shinar. In the land of Shinar. Very good. Very good. So this is where <laughs> we start. Um, so Josh again, just walked in. For those people that don't know, Josh is in the background. Just. <gasps> When he saw Josh, <laughs> Josh, Josh did not know that this was going to happen. But if he was on time, he would have been prepared. Josh, step in the chair of theology. Take a sit, bud. Take a sit. Take a sit. Put your headphones on. Take a sit. Tell me what you want for Easter. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I mean, that's kind of a. That's kind of where I'm at. Let's <laughs> just give him some big sus <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay, I Josh, put on your headphones. Let's start this. Come on, bud. Okay, Josh. Put on the headphones. Josh. He's just trying. You got to give him a sentence to orient himself, okay? Just... Josh, in the chair of theology, how are you today? Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> This dude, oh my gosh. Where'd you get that costume from? You can move the mic, okay? Don't forget, you can move the mic. I, I, want, I want that costume. I want that. Uh, hey, so you, can, you can move the mic. Don't forget, you can move the mic. Josh, Josh, just so that you could catch up. We are talking, so we laid out already, this has to be done in grace, but we're going to lay out the two different narratives, the Alexander Hislop narrative and the uh, historically accepted narrative. And we're going to talk about a little bit of some of the Germanic um possibilities that might actually line up with Alexander Hislop, but there's no evidence for. But we're right in the middle of reading uh, into the Alexander Hislop. So glad to have you there in the chair of theology. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, man, I just had got done having a really good conversation and now, now I'm questioning my whole existence. <laughs> like, I feel like this is, this is what it's like to be on DMT as you walk into the room and the Easter Bunny's just sitting there. <laughs> hey, hey, no, hey, Josh, not. Josh. You ever, you ever tried DMT? 
<laughs> I don't know, but I think I might. Somebody might have drugged me or something. Because <laughs> the Easter Bunny is in the house. <laughs> okay, I love so, how you cue Steven at the brown person in the room. Oh my gosh! Oh, we went off the rails. My okay. bad. Okay, so pulling it back in, pull, pulling it back in. So we just read Genesis eight, and so Alexander Hislop. And a few, and he's got some sources that, that are kind of there, but th- this is the narrative. The problem is, is that it's not, we'll get there, we'll get there. So after Cush begat Nimrod, Nimrod supposedly married his own mother, Semiramis, and he found her actually in a whorehouse. And by the way, if you have kids in the room today, maybe maybe you don't want to ruin the Easter bunny for Maybe them. don't read that story for your Easter dove- devotion, you know? Just. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's a little bit of Sweet Home Alabama playing in the background. But, um, they, <laughs> so, anyway, supposedly he found his wife, uh, his, his mother in a, in a whorehouse, married her, and uh, then she, after he died, he was, he was killed in battle. There was a little bit of hanky-panky that she had done while he was not around, and uh, she, all of a sudden, was with child. And so she said, it's Nimrod being reborn in my womb, and uh, he's the sun god now. And... So Alexander Hislop says that this now became the, um, you know, this is the sun god. This is my child. And it was the immaculate conception. Again, this is the theory, right? Yep. So uh, Tammuz was the infant. And uh, Tammuz was supposedly fond of rabbits. We have yet to find a... I'm just getting that reaction there. (laughs) Do you know what he looks like? He looks like uh, the guy from Toy Story who has the uh, the parts. Uh, oh, uh, who, who is like making what he's like giving Woody the shoe, and he's. he's... <laughs> I, Are you I don't know. Toy which... Story Two. Toy, yeah, Story, Toy two. Story Two. Got it. Okay. I do was you? Real confused there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the guy who paints over Andy on the bottom you of the do. shoe repairs him, and yeah. So you one do of the look chicken like him. costumes? Is that what you're talking oh, about? You're talking Big Al. Big, Big Al. Al. Big Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, Dude, you got one of them. That's like, that's like a memory, bro. I have not watched Toy Story 2 since like 2002. Bro, if you can pull up Big Al. Justin, show Justin people, brought out the, be... that from the repository of, oh my gosh. Of, of my memory. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, supposedly Tammuz was fond, you know, was fond of rabbits. Can't find that citation. Can't find that. Oh my gosh! Uh, just, just, just group me that. Group what? me that, bro. Dan, Dan's you, in here. The producer guy just left. Even like though he when just, he laughs, it doesn't make a sound. He had <laughs> like if if you just heard the table almost toppling. That was uh, Rai Rai, the producer guy. I, I don't know what what he was just texted. Rai, Dude, guy. I feel like he no. Daniel showed him the picture, and he's outside dying at the moment. <laughs> I don't know if I should call Hope he doesn't one. fall over the rail. Oh, I'm so sorry. This, this podcast is crazy. Okay. Okay. Y'all so, Jesus. Yeah, we do. He's Thank back. God we found him. Uh, <laughs> where would we be without him? Let's make a note. No one is on drugs. No one's have alcohol. We're having a blast. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. It's really this yellow thing that does it for me. It's the best. It's the yellow thing? It's the best. It's the best. So, Daniel's like, what's the bib? And he's like... It, 
He's like, what's the bib for? That's weird. I'm like, I gotta wear it. Otherwise, I'm just a weird white furry thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this oh is what makes it Easter. Otherwise, it's some weird thing we can't talk about at You're church. You're apparently gone offline. Check As a fellow account. furry, I saw Justin at Furry Con 2023. But, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a, there, was, there was a lot to unpack. We you? can cut this. Right? <laughs> well, my, qu my question is, is... Were what were you at Furrycom furry doing? What were you doing Dude, at Furrycom? Trying to share. Please the, no, share the no. I randomly ran in the. No. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and that's, this is the that's what they all the say. Jesus Welcome to these two. That's, okay. does. that's what they all Guys, say. Welcome yeah. to the after show. All right. Yeah. Apparently we are now on the after show before the show's finished. Okay. Let's get there. Guys, yeah. let's get there. I'm so okay. sorry. Let's pull it in. Let's pull it in. Let's pull it in. Okay. So supposedly Tammuz is fond of rabbits. I've, I've said that thing three times. Now. Correct. I've said that three times. Okay. Now, uh, again, uh, Semiramis in the Alexander Hislop model of how Easter came to be uh, became the mother, uh, the, the queen of heaven, mm -hmm, the mother right. goddess. And actually, you will see some of that symbology throughout the ancient world. And by the way, a lot of people say that you had the mother, god of mother of God, and the and the child long before Jesus. Therefore, therefore, Jesus was a copycat, and that that'll be their response but let me ask you guys something you know just chair of theology real quick isn't it just like satan to make a copycat it, that is exactly like satan to make a copycat it kind of goes to the spirit of the antichrist people getting to say that this is the antichrist or this is the antichrist but the antichrist is yet to come exactly you know exactly you know john arthur uh i had read that semiramis was uh claimed that her son Tammuz was, you know, the, the immaculate, immaculate offspring. offspring because he was the one that was uh, prophesized that, that they talk about in Genesis 3. What is it? 3.15, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, you know, he was the one that was prophesized yes. just because of his immaculate conception and so and whatnot and so tammuz tammuz now this is something that that actually does have a little bit of potential merit tammuz eventually died and uh there were the 40 days of weeping for tammuz in the february time frame and by the way can uh, josh can you go ahead and pull for me ezekiel ezekiel uh what is it uh, eight fourteen. If you can pull for me, Ezekiel eight fourteen. We actually see a reference to the weeping for Tammuz in the Bible. So there is some connective tissue here with this Alexander Hislop model, and and I, I do think it bears note that we see the children of Israel actually doing the forty days of weeping for Tammuz. And by the way, mm -hmm. that coincides oddly so with Lent. So Correct. there is something that was, there is something to the Alexander Hislop. I don't think it's completely right. And there's a few reasons for that. There's a few reasons for that. But Josh, do you have that for us, sir? I'm so sorry. Give me one second. I'm trying to pull it up. Technology is not wanting to be my friend today. My gosh. Well, it it, it, it saw Justin and it was just like, why are we here? <laughs> 
while you pull it up, it, it's uh, funny the idea of oh, you know, Tammuz is the is the prophesied one to come of a virgin, things like that. I look and I go, this is a what a lot of culture claims that Mary did with Jesus is Mary was out, you know, playing around and they would just hid that she did that. And that's all Jesus was. But, you know, we then go further in the Bible. We see what Jesus did, how he died, how he rose again. And that's what separates him from, um, you know, Tammuz. And and that's the difference there. But it was just interesting to see that, you know, that claim of, well, they were just hiding that Mary had an affair or whatnot is you know, something that happened earlier on. That's, to be honest, something I didn't know before we had started digging into this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. Josh. So Ezekiel eight fourteen. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat woman weeping for Tammuz. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see, shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the, the inner court of the Lord's house and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar were about five and 20 men with their backs towards the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the, towards the east. Okay. Go ahead and stop there because in that culture, you had the weeping for Tammuz, who was the born again son of Semiramis, but also Nimrod. The sun god is who they elevated to the sun god, supposedly. Supposedly. So, anyway, that that right there is is important because there is a there there, but we see it break down from here. And let me explain why. Because people... So, when was all of this happening? What year? Do you remember what, what, what years it kind of, kind of stopped? About 200 B.C., Okay, the first time you have any reference to Oster or Easter being referenced or being celebrated in Europe is in the 8th century. That's how many years separation? It's a a full 400 years. It's a it's a thousand years or it's almost a thousand. It's just. Yeah. Oh, you meant to say 1700. Yeah. 8th century. 8th century. Oh, never mind. Sorry, sorry. 200 BC to 8th century. It's over a thousand years separation. So, I would call that historically what is happening over there? Don't worry about it. I need an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I just wanted to know. Okay. There's at least a thousand years separate. When you clicked on this video, you did not know what you were getting into. I am sorry, dear viewer. Um, there's at least a thousand year separation between the celebration of Easter as we see it today and this potentially pagan issue. And so Mike Winger brought up a point about Christmas trees, and I thought it was really interesting. Even though he went on, and we've talked about this, go look back, we've done two podcasts on this Christmas. The Christmas tree is not related to anything pagan, but even if they did use Christmas trees, just as we had them today, just because a pagan did something somewhere, sometime in the past, does that make it wrong today? I mean, if you believe that, stop breathing because they breathe too. Uh, right. I mean, <laughs> and they probably carried stuff in their pockets too. So um, you know, yeah, just, just just stop existing, right? But but Easter 
came from the Germanic root for Oster, uh, which means spring. <laughs> now, there is a spring hare. There is a spring hare, and I, I suspect that this might have more truth than the belief in the Babylonian goddess of fertility, who, by the way, was never... You cannot find a primary source. We've looked. You cannot find a primary source, a, a, a scroll or parchment or a codice from antiquity about Astra or Semiramis being related to rabbits. You can find it related to birds. You can find it related to uh, the stars. You can find it related to a number of different things, but you cannot find a relation to rabbits. So that breaks down. But there is one link in Germanic history right. that a, um, <coughs> a monk in the UK before it was, well, in, in, in the British Isles uh, by the name of St. Bede, wasn't it, uh, yes. Mr. Steve? Correct. And he referenced that. Yes, he did. And uh, he made a reference to where it was like a god that, you know. Had, goddess of spring. Goddess of spring had resurrected a, a bird and turned it into a rabbit and well, actually, something like that. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, you know, so that's the modern, that's the modern understanding of it. But if you read what he said, he didn't say anything about a bird turning into a a hare. He just said a hare that leaves eggs. Right. Or maybe not, not even hare. that. It's very little. In fact, uh, St. Bede, St. Bede, this guy, was the original reference to that. And the next nearest person that we have for the egg laying is Adolf Holtzman. In the 1800s, who it it seems like he actually fabricated it, and that's all we have of of this goddess being a egg laying rabbit is actually from Holtzman. But this right here is the god Oster, goddess Oster, right that you're seeing on screen, and because it was a a bird previously it made a nest and laid eggs and so it must have you know because it was a rabbit that laid or that brought eggs it must have laid them and it must have been a bird at one time at one time right right and so okay you can't find any primary sources (laughs) but it's just something that's a small mention and there's not a whole lot that really backs it up i mean i did a bunch of research on it and you can find very very little in references to that i mean it's just little bitty short snippets and there's not a whole lot of like you're talking about not much that backs it up no primary sources right Uh none and that's the and that's the issue everyone who says that easter comes from ishtar just understand this they are quoting Alexander Hislop. I grew up believing the Alexander Hislop narrative because I didn't do my own research as a child, as an adult. Excuse me. As an adult, you just start to read. You say, well, where did Alexander Hislop get that? And then you look a little bit closer and you say that 
there are even the sources that Alexander Hislop cited for that whole Ishtar was the egg-laying rabbit bit. None of those say that. So Correct. when the edgy atheist says that, just say, eh, I don't know about that. Now, this is from history.com. This is, this is the other side. This is the scholarly, critically set side of how we got Easter. And this is from history.com. Link in the description below, as always. Uh, do, 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 sorry, I lost my place here. According to some sources, the Easter Bunny first arrived in America in the 1700s with German immigrants who settled in Pennsylvania and transported their tr tradition of an egg-laying hare called Ostahes or Ostahos. Their children made nests in which the creature could lay its colored eggs. Eventually, the custom spread across the United States and the fabled Easter... Uh, Fable Rabbit's Easter morning deliveries expanded to include chocolate and other types of candy and gifts while decorated baskets replaced nests. Additionally, children often left out carrots for the bunny in case he got hungry from all of his hopping. And so what what I'm hearing is instead of a vest, I should be wearing lederhosen. Lederhosen. Yes. Do you know what I just realized about this? Do you know that movie? Is it Lonnie Darko? I don't know. This This, this is like Lonnie Darko. This is insane. <laughs> okay, so elaborate, please. Well, there's just like a giant bunny that appears, but it's actually just a figment of his imagination. <laughs> this oh is actually God. just a figment She's of my imagination. Man. Can you can you just randomly edit like fade me out in After Effects just just right now? Just just fade me out. And, no. No. no, no, no. Sucks to be. Oh, sorry. <laughs> movie. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's bring it in here a little bit. I want to say, or I want to ask you guys a question. How many of y'all, as kids, did Easter egg hunts? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. man. Wow, I'm the only one that has never done an Easter egg. So, okay. This year, so I'm pause on that. Pause on that. Pause on that. Well, that Let's pull it back in for just a second. Pause on that. Here's my question. Here's my question. Now that we've looked at both sides of the argument, that they're, they're, the primary, I, I, don't, I don't think I did a good job representing the the pro easter argument basically the eggs symbolize rebirth the hard shell is the tomb when you peel it back that's the opening of the tomb and there's life inside so mm -hmm. i'll tell you growing up i mean listening to you talk about when you were a kid you took this angle or this angle i'm like when i was a kid i just heard that eggs were new birth right and it was a bunny because you know they make a lot of new bunnies and they cute and fuzzy, right? Yes. Like what I heard was this pro-Christian, the egg was the tomb. And when you open it and it was empty and we always had, you know, those little 12 different Easter eggs and each one had something inside of it to tell the story of Easter. Yeah. That's how I learned why we had eggs during Easter. Yeah. And so it's about new life and about, about birth, about the birth of the, of the, the new creation in Christ, the first fruits of the resurrection. So that's, that's the focus there. Let me ask you guys, how many of y'all as children went to Easter egg hunt and walked away thinking about Christ as the primary salient character? Josh, what was your focus on Easter as a kid? So whenever they, my parents would lay out the eggs, 
They would either have candy in them, or there would always be that one egg, and it would be a golden color, and it would have money in it. And so my primary focus was to get the golden egg and get the, get the money. Yes. It would either have a dollar, if that would be the max, or it'd have like fifty cents or seventy five cents or something like that in the egg. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna get Clinton in a minute because I think Clinton and I have a lot more in common than than everyone else in the room because we both came from. Uh, Easter hitting families uh, for better or for worse I think I think some people really kind of go off the rails with it okay oh, so I'm yes. just gonna say but so, go ahead so I'll tell you my family's a family that went off the rails with Easter <laughs> um, my I mean my grandma there were four of us kids and she would hide 60 Easter eggs for each of us and we all had our own little section outside of her house and the older you got the harder it got to find them and it you know you always got ended up getting five dollars worth of cash in different eggs would have different amounts of money um but so after the easter egg hunt we would all take our eggs and we'd sit there and open them all and we would literally sit there and compare who got the better load of candy and who, <laughs> you know it was and with four of us there's now what whatever 60 times four is amount of half eggs you know yeah 240 half eggs just sprung across her living room that we eventually ended up just leaving for her to clean up because we were horrible children. Um, but yeah, the focus was always on who got the better candy. Can I trade my candy for this candy? You know, leaving grandma's, you were like, ah, what did I get in my grandma Easter basket? Um, so it was definitely not about Jesus when it came to Easter at grandma's. Yeah. Uh, mine was kind of the same like Josh's. It was about, you know, you get an Easter basket, you got, you know, stuck chocolate and, you know, you're, you had you a little, a, a big chocolate Easter bunny and you had eggs hidden and it was about finding the golden Easter egg. It had some money in it. Yep. And, uh, then later on we'd go to one of our grandparents' house, search for some eggs and all the grandkids would be there and you had all these ones you'd search for go to another grandparent's house later in the day do the same thing again you know so and it nothing ever about jesus in any of them because neither side of my family was you know big christian people the easter egg hunts did you do a year you're talking about going to different grandparents houses oh that was just in one day man Four hunts in one day? No, yeah, three. That's three. Could I say something about the way my parents did it? So we did the hunt, and then the preface would always be: we did the Easter egg hunt in the morning, and then we would go to the church afterwards for the service, and then we'd go to the Easter lunch afterwards, and that would be how we celebrated Easter. So, thank you all for sharing, and I I think that's awesome that. There's a lot of really good familial structure there, and I do not want to downplay that. I think that's really good, that there's family structure. and that's, that's a beautiful thing. What I would like to lay out is something that maybe is a bit more biblical, and I want to be really careful how I say this. I'm not coming at this from a place of judgment or anything else, but I want to lay this out real quick because I think we really— we're done a disservice at the uh, Council of Nicaea in uh, the the 8300s when we decided that we were going to not participate in the feasts. 
Some things you can't do anymore. The temple doesn't exist, okay? No one's expecting you to sacrifice. In fact, if you sacrifice an animal today for your sins, you are directly spitting in the face of Jesus. Like, to the mm-hmm. perfect sacrifice. Are, are, are we all in agreement? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Noted. But the seven feasts are really interesting. If you look at how God laid them out, Jesus was, he came into Jerusalem on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. By the way, he came on Palm Sunday. He walked the road, in all likelihood, the exact same road, the exact same path, potentially preempting the Passover lamb. He walked that same road that the Passover lamb was supposed to walk. And he came in. He cleansed the temple because the temple had to be clean for the perfect sacrifice. And then he laid down his life on Passover as our Passover lamb, just as in Egypt, as the blood was, uh, you know, painted onto the doorpost. His blood covers our sin. We are, if you are a born again Christian, his righteousness covers you. And that happened on Passover. You want to know the problem with the Eucharist and with transubstantiation? You want to understand why we have so much confusion about communion? Do a Passover Seder, which they have been doing for at least two to four hundred years before Christ, this in the exact way that the Jews do it today. When Jesus said, this is my body, and he broke it, and he said, this is broken for you, there are three pieces of bread that go into three pieces. uh, There are three pockets in a ceremonial bag. Mm -hmm. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The middle one, Son, he pulls that one out. He breaks it in half. That half piece in that Passover service is hidden. And the children are told you have to go and find that afikomen, that broken half, and you will be given a reward. Dads, it better be money. It better be money. Anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> yep. I'm just saying. It's got to be cash. Don't be giving me those one, $1 bills. I, I, want a, I want a $10 bill or a $20 bill for them kiddos. Okay? I want a cold stack, man. Or don't give yeah. me that Chick-fil-A book. Give me, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cash. Give me the ice cream. Cash. Cash. Anyway, so the kids get a reward for finding Christ who was buried and later on brought back forth. When Jesus broke this piece of bread, he was saying, this is my body broken for you. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy that is standing in front of you today. That's what happened in the Passover service. Then when he took the wine, he said, this is my blood poured out for you. He was pouring the third cup, the cup of redemption. Christ's blood is our redemption. This is what we lose when we do not celebrate Passover. Also, just kind of bringing it up so you said it was the bread it was the unleavened bread i think is what you had said and that's an important thing because leaven represents sin and by them breaking the unleavened bread at this 400 600 years before christ this was breaking a sinless body by all accounts and so when jesus brings forth this last supper and this is what jonathan was saying but i'm gonna say the part out this part out loud so just so in case anybody in the audience didn't get what he, what you were saying there uh, that should have immediately brought back the member like that should have given them the sign that oh this guy is him 
this is this is messiah this is messiah and so that's what is laid out and then first fruits jesus rose on the first day of the week after passover first fruit that would have been first fruits jesus is the first fruits of uh, the resurrection that mm-hmm. ensured and he was the first fruit brought before god sacred in what's the right word set apart for god brought immediately to and that's why mary could not touch him before he went to see god right he was supposed to be wholly set apart brought before god and you want to keep going on why the feasts are interesting pentecost what happened on pentecost the feast of weeks i see that's the promise of the holy spirit that's the promise the holy spirit is given to man mm-hmm. and what hasn't been fulfilled yet no one knows the day or the hour but we do know the feast the feast of trumpets right. are when the trumpets will pour out and we will have judgment upon this world at yom kippur number six or if you're, if you're counting at home and then number seven sukkot god dwelling with us what we see with the children of israel at the first sukkot in the wilderness is a shadow of what the new world and new heaven will be like so when we celebrate with eggs and rabbits i'm not putting it down i'm saying let's make sure that we also see this incredible imagery let's not lose sight of that imagery josh scriptural reference for you guys on looking up the feast mentioned it earlier today when we were in class but for our audience leviticus 23 is where you want to go and it lays it out like this you have unleavened bread then passover then first fruits then pentecost then trumpets then yom kippur then tabernacle and that's the way it's that's the way it's actually ordered in the scripture and you'll see it with different names probably it, you might see harvest uh it might say f- what it would what it would say at uh, first harvest first harvest yeah it, and it might say uh shelters uh booths, booths feast of booths yeah it could it could say all these different right. names but that's honestly the beauty of reading scripture and, and studying it is you'll learn these nuances and that is that because i know when i was a person who was first reading the scriptures i was like what the heck is pentecost i, I see harvest like what the heck is harvest all exactly. these different things but that's but do you understand that that when it says harvest that's pentecost exactly and, and so that's something that i think we really miss and we really really should consider looking towards the bible now what was your father's issue with easter clint well it's not really we didn't when i grew up we really never got into that because you know we were i was primarily raised as a seven-day adventist we never really got into the whole chasing around eggs you know to me that sounds pretty dumb right (laughs) i think the only easter egg that i've attended i've never participated is when we took josiah to one and i'm just watching as these kids running around seeing these obvious eggs everywhere and i'm just like why this is just useless it's a battle royale the only time <laughs> no we, we actually did this the only time we've did an easter egg hunt is with the confetti eggs and if we found them 
that we destroyed each other, basically. So you get the egg and you just throw it at the other person. That's the only reason we hunt eggs for, right? Oh if we're gosh. allowed to destroy the next person next to us. That's the only thing. But otherwise than that, like I never really grew up into battle. the whole, let's go out, let's go hunt some eggs. No, that sounds dumb because on a farm, you, they're right there, okay? <laughs> so I I don't think my dad had an issue, so per se. It was just seemed irrelevant on the topic of that Christ came, died, and rose and this is the point that we have to get that he rose conquered death for who for us so we just mostly spent time with each other because you know we're not going to rise up from the dead we're going to die and we're going to join up to him to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord so when one of my parents do pass they're no longer going to be with me but they're going to be with the lord and we cherish these moments, these Easter's that we're with our family and our friends because they're no longer going to be here with us. They're not going to come out to the grave and be like, hey, yo, what's up, dog? No, that's not going to happen. But when we get to heaven, we'll see them up there. But otherwise, we have to cherish these moments, these little these little bits of times that we have with our family, our friends, because this is what we're going to cherish when they're gone. And it's important to understand that no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, it doesn't have to be. You know, strip Bible, Bible. No, 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 no. Like yesterday, we had a bunch of fun yesterday taking a tour of Port Houston. We we brought up scripture. We had fun. We enjoyed each other's presence. It's not being a Christian doesn't mean you have to suck all the fun out of it, right? Yesterday, did we do drugs? No. Did we seem that we were on drugs? Absolutely. Did we do alcohol? No. Did some of us look like we were on alcohol? Absolutely. But we weren't. See, that's the misconception of the world that's trying to be put down our throats. That if you want to have fun, you got to go drink a beer. If you want to have fun, you got to go take a, a sip of the pot. No, you don't. You really honestly don't. It's all about the fellowship with each other and understanding that. Christ came and died for us so we can do this. And the loving that we share for our brother is highly important in this situation in time. And I think uh, it, it was interesting uh, to me when you had mentioned, you know, yeah, you spent good good family time together. And I looked at one, you know, that's why a lot of people in the culture today celebrate Easter's because it's a time that you can get with your family. Sometimes they're out of town. Sometimes it's just a meal you can have together and something to do fun with the kids because you can watch the kids go hunt for the Easter eggs or you get to you know, put away in the smile on their face when they open the candy. Um, but then what you find is... Is those kids get older and they don't believe in Jesus and they start to go, well, great, this Easter that I spent time with my family on is being taken by the Christians. And that's where we get all these arguments of, oh, this is a pagan holiday, right? They're not against generally people celebrating Easter. What the culture is against at this point is Christians getting to celebrate on a day they celebrate too because they don't want to feel like they're celebrating a Christian thing. And that's, you know, part of the root of this issue is the culture is so against Jesus that now we're talking about is Easter something we can celebrate or not? Yeah. And, and, and that's something that we all talked about this, I, I believe, before we started. We do not want to suck out the fun of something that could be very innocent for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And people talk about it. By the way, there are cults that still, in theory, supposedly, still sacrifice a child and they dip the egg in the blood of that of that infant and they call it an Easter egg, you know, for Ishtar. It's not an Easter egg, it's an Ishtar celebration. Okay. Supposedly, that's real. Not bunny recommended at all. 
Bunny disapproved. Okay, but <laughs> supposedly that that actually happens. Okay, I don't know what all to make of that. Uh, actually, when we were in Israel, uh, my father asked a Muslim guy to take the tour. Maybe he was trolling, but he said that that happens. I don't know. Maybe the dude was trolling. Maybe he wasn't. Uh, doesn't matter. What I would say is to the pure, all things are pure. If there is something that is not taking away from Christ, you know, clean fun is clean fun. But I think the primary issue is, is are we focused on the resurrection? Are we focused on Christ? And that's the thing that I think we can all unite behind as Christians. Closing thoughts for the day, Josh. Well, going to the conclusion of that point and where we find that in scripture, we, I think you guys talked about it maybe at the beginning with Colossians. And that was kind of the spirit of what we're, why we're doing this podcast is that we don't come to be that basher. If your conscience is telling you that, Hey, I don't want to celebrate this day today because I find that there's something wrong with it. I don't think you're wrong for that. Uh, if your conscience is saying, I do want to celebrate this day and I have no problem with it because I'm celebrating it for Christ and I don't feel a confliction there, then celebrate it full heartedly. But ultimately when it comes down to the end of the day, the focus should be on Christ and it should be, it should be on the festivals. I really would say so because those festivals are a precursor for the coming of Christ and who Christ was, what he did and his resurrection ultimately. So, that would be my final thought. Please go look at the festivals and do understand that, hey, if you don't want to celebrate this day, completely understand. If you do, though, please do. Absolutely. Clint. Um, so I want to make it. We're all different in our walks with Christ, right? We're all in different standings. And it's very important, right? Because I know besides Easter, holidays are big. Should I celebrate holiday? Should, holiday. Should I celebrate Halloween? Or I shouldn't, right? But as Josh said, right, we're all in different walks with Christ. So it's all depends on you, right? Some people, some Christians are okay going to the bar and not having a drink. Me personally, I probably won't go in a bar. Been there, done that. Don't want the temptation, right? It's all about where you stand with Christ, right? And us as Christians, we can't judge another Christian. If Justin wants to walk in a bar and not take a drink, that's up to him, right? I won't go with him, right? I'd be like, hey, I don't feel comfortable going. But you, by all means, go. Preach the word of God. Do what you want. And we can't, I feel like as Christians, we do that way too much. Oh, did you see that Justin went into the bar? Oh no, someone called the pastor. Yeah. We got to get this boy out of here. No, did we got to quit that? that. Did you see that? I mean, <laughs> did you say that? I mean, it goes back to Colossians uh, 2, 16 through 17. Therefore, let no man judge you in meat or in drink mm. or in spect of holy day or of the new moon or of Sabbaths, by the way, Seventh-day Adventists rabid Baptists, rabid, rabid uh, Judaizers. The day is not important. It's what you do on that day Amen. and who you've sanctified it to. Just saying, just saying, but yeah. Any more thoughts from you? I just think it's very important us as Christians. We can't be judging each other. If someone doesn't want to eat pork, uh, to all means, don't eat pork. Does That's not the basis of their salvation. Amen. That reminds me of that gentleman from, sorry, stealing you there but it reminds me <laughs> no he's that, not that reminds me of that sorry for hopping to a different point uh <laughs> wait, 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 wait 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 yeah hit me with it better late than never but 
Do you remember when we had that podcast where we were interviewing that gentleman from Redeemed Ministries? Yes. And he said that he and his wife go into the strip club to to evangelize to these ladies. And they share the gospel and they actually get them out of these strip club environments and out of the sex trafficking world. Now, obviously, I think a lot of us would say I would never in a million years do that. Uh, because there's a lot of, so there's a lot of reasons, right? Right. But that gentleman is doing that with his wife and he's making a real difference for the kingdom in it. And so it's, it's go, kind of goes to that point. Uh, but I know Josh just had to jump in. Yep. Speaking of hopping, final <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> um, you know, when I think about culture, I think the biggest issue that we can run into as Christians is looking like fun suckers. Um, and, you know, so if you're not someone who's going to celebrate Easter because you think it's been too modernized, it's been you know taken over by the culture, then don't. But what I'm saying here is don't, you know, ruin it for everyone else, right? If you have the opportunity to go to an Easter egg hunt, go to an Easter egg hunt. Have that fun. But don't make it a celebration of Jesus if you're not going to celebrate Jesus. But don't ruin it for others. And you never know. You might have the chance there to turn it to Jesus. You might meet people there who are like, why do we do these Easter egg hunts? And you can go, well, let me tell you why I celebrate Easter. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you've opened the door to get to do that. But if that door's not open, yeah, it's a holiday that the culture celebrates. You know, it's one that is on our calendars. Celebrate it if you want. But I think as Christians, we still need to go back and go, why am I celebrating this? I need to remember it. And if you're not going to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus on Easter, so be it. But you best be celebrating it some other day. Because that is the most worthy thing of celebration. Amen. Mr. Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, touching on some things that Josh and both Top Knot was talking about there uh, was that, you know, when you going to to do with uh, wanting to celebrate Easter, hey, you know, that's just fine. The Lord knows what your heart is. Amen. He knows where you believe in what you believe in and that, but the thing is, is you definitely need to put forth to your children exactly the meaning of what Easter is. And that if you're going to do these feasts, make sure you go to some of these before you try to do it yourself at your home with your family, get familiar with them, go through them numerous times so that you are doing it correct and exactly the way it is supposed to be done you don't want to leave out steps you want it to be done exactly the way it's supposed to be done and like what uh, joel was talking about um with you know things that people want to do or, or don't want to do you know it's like the our pastor was talking about today because what i may do may not be what you want to do. That's like what the Jews did with their law. They yep. passed certain laws and said, okay, this is what our law is going to be because this is what we believe shouldn't happen, so all of you are supposed to abide by it. No, that's not the way. Just because I feel this way doesn't mean 
that's the way you feel. But what we're supposed to do is make sure it's good with the Lord. That's the one that we're supposed to serve. That's the one we're supposed to make sure it's good with. Not you, but him. When you brought up the Judaizers and circumcision, I was really wishing I had the clip from uh, Men in Tights with Friar Tuck. I mean, I know that's terrible, but (laughs) if you don't know, you don't need to know. Dang dogs of flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Got to nip the tip with the little guillotine. Anyway. Yeah, I definitely don't want to know. <laughs> no, you don't want to know. I'm for you all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, Justin and I were talking about that off air. Uh, but anyway, we were just talking about that with Melissa. Anyway. Gross. If you want to celebrate Christ, I would strongly celebrate. I'm just going to echo what's been said before by, by Josh and Steve. Focus on the feast. There's so much richness there. By the way, if you want to know the original Easter egg hunt, it was for Christ, the Afikomen. It's really cool. I would suggest adding, I'm not going to tell you to remove, I would suggest adding a Passover celebration to your Easter time, Resurrection Sunday time, okay? I would highly recommend it. It is one of the most important feasts uh, that that ever has been. It, it, it is the resurrection of Christ. When you look at Holy Week, unleavened bread is the whole week because Christ came as our unleavened bread, died on Passover, rose again as the first fruits of the resurrection. It is an amazing symbology that God has laid out for us. We are not under the law. We don't have to do that. That's not something that saves us, but it is something that is beautiful. And it is something that your family could also enjoy. Right. If you enjoyed this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, make sure, make sure that you mention how much you like Justin in his uh, Easter bunny outfit. All right. (laughs) He sweated out for us in that thing. How hot is it in there? Uh, it is warm. Dude, can we switch? Because I'm cold. <laughs> is, is that like barbecued rabbit? Can I put warm? that on? It, it's it's pretty warm. I'm not going to take the head off until the camera's off because it will look like I just went swimming. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So, so we're going to get that off. Roasted you, rabbit. Thank you for over 170,000 downloads awesome of pepper. the podcast. Thank you on Rumble for the 70-something subscribers. Rumble, you go. Ooh, YouTube. Right. YouTube. It, we're watching you. Thank you for removing videos and deleting views. Thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it. Best to you. Uh, If you like this podcast, please share it. That is the new thing on YouTube. Sharing is caring for the algorithm. And uh, if you didn't like this podcast, smash that that dislike button twice. Twice. And share it. And share it anyway. Share it to your angry atheist uh, Reddit if you're into that sort of thing. With that said, thank you so much. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Okay. One last thing. One last thing for you. One last thing. If you are still here. You're going to have to edit that out. We put you asleep. (laughs) No, 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 no. All good. If we put you to sleep. If we put you to sleep, you're still here. Or you are our super listener and you've been watching this whole way. 
tell us your favorite memory from this time of year, whether it's a Passover Seder, it's an Easter egg hunt, whatever it is. Tell us your favorite down in the comment section. Josh, what is your favorite memory of this time of year? My favorite memory is the bunny that pops out in my imagination. <laughs> Harvey. Lonnie, Lonnie right your here. dreams. No, but the, my, seriously, my favorite, my favorite Easter memory. Uh, you know, the one memory I can definitely remember is when I went to the church service for First Baptist Church of Houston. And the pastor, Pastor Greg Mont. He was like something, something had just convicted him that day. And we just prayed that entire service. Oh, wow. And we, we, we got out early. So we got to get to our, di our lunch reservations really quick, but still Amen. I'll never forget that service be just because of, I've never seen like, that's never happened to this day. Like that's a one-off thing that has happened at that church. Clint. I guess my favorite Easter would have to be the time my mom had bought these Easter eggs with confetti inside and she had hit the whole 48 of them inside the house and unlike my other siblings they're not the most observant people so i noticed when my mom was hiding these things <laughs> so i basically know what every single one was you cheated come on man that's not cheating if my mom's walking around with a carton of eggs just putting eggs places it's not my fault that they they're not like mom what you doing okay so when mom, my mom was like, I had, I hit eggs. I was like, yeah, I know. Do we just find them and crack it? She was like, yes, dude, I would gun for all the eggs and I just whooped everybody. So I you got all the money. No. So they have confetti. So what we do is you get the egg and then you smash it on someone else's head. 1.9. All right. I hope they weren't wrong. Just didn't. No, 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 no. Okay. okay. Um, I think as a kid, my favorite memory um, was opening, you know, the Easter basket. We'd always open one for my parents uh, in the morning before church. But as I grew, I think my absolute favorite Easter memory was the first time I actually got to teach it in Kidsmen, where I wasn't just the helper who handed out the little eggs, but I actually got up there and taught it. Because all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh, I can teach about Jesus. I have nice. the power. And that's a memory that's really stuck with me. That's awesome. Mr. Steve. Wow, I hadn't really thought about that too much, but uh, I guess probably one of my most that I've, if I sit here and think about it, was the time that um, when my brother and I were, we were still young in elementary school, and I found probably all but like two of the Easter eggs, and I had to give some of them to my brother because he was crying because <laughs> he only found two <laughs> had nice. to give some of them up to him and make him shut up cry from crying nice oh my god one of the big brother things you know oh absolutely absolutely and uh i gotta say passover satyrs if you've never been go to a messianic passover satyr they dance it's wild, man. Oh, Just go to yeah, one it is. Those. It is. You've been to one or two. And well, I've never been to one, but I, I watched one online one time. It's and amazing. They they dance and boy, they're all. It's and, Jewish and line dancing too. It's uh, Jewish like, line dancing. Yeah, Jewish line dancing is one of the most fun forms of worship. Like you're dancing your pants off like David. It's awesome. It is awesome. By the way, for you Baptists. Dancing will not send you to hell. That's it's correct. a rhythmic choreography is what we so used to call if it. I break out. <laughs> um, if, you, if I start breakdancing in the middle of the 
in the middle of the the, the way there. I can. I'm good. Yeah, no, I didn't get out and dance with you. Tongues and we don't do that in Baptist I'll get circles, out and dance with you, John. You can do it at the Barely household. You can do it there. Okay. It's like that breakdancing uh, Cholo for Christ video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, with that said, thank you all. Got nothing else for you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Love you. See you guys. Bye. Like for the roasted bunny. Oh.